Hi everybody, this is Lee Daniel and I am an attorney in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm also the owner of Project Positive Change. I have an event venue, Lee Acres in Huntsville and a gal an art gallery, Gallery 111. And this is my beautiful host, Allison. And Allison, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hi everyone, yeah, I am Allison. I'm Allison Reiner and I am a, a relationship and uh, communication expert. I work in uh, in Europe, out of Milan. I uh, And I don't own any art galleries anywhere, but I do help you work out the best way to, to communicate either in a work situation or a relationship situation, either in love or in friendship. And this is not legal advice. And the reason that I've called it This Is Not Legal Advice is because Allison and I work together to help you with issues before, during, and after a divorce. Or if you have some other issue related to relationship, as Allison said, she's a relationship coach. I've been a divorce lawyer for 27 years. So between us, we have a lot of knowledge about relating. And yeah. what we're here to help you with is the way you relate in the world and how you relate to other people. That's exactly, that's exactly what we're here to do. And between us, we've had a, our fair share of relationships. So we've got our own personal experience to bring to the, the table as well as our, our professional experience. This is not legal advice. And today, Alice and I are gonna talk about how to stay sane during the pandemic. And Allison knows a lot about that, unless she's much crazier than she seems, because she is in Italy, which is where they started the lockdown, right in Milan. So Allison, can you tell us a little about your story of being in lockdown and the pandemic? Because I know that it has really taken a toll on tons of relationships. Divorce rate is skyrocketing. So coming from the, the home of it all, <laughs> tell, tell everybody how, you know, some tips on staying sane. Okay, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. We've been now pretty much in lockdown for 12 months and, and it's, been a, it's been a tough lockdown for us. We have been housebound. Uh, especially during the first part of the lockdown, we were as a country housebound for uh, for a long, long time, for at least four months. And talking to colleagues and talking to uh, to policemen, uh, friends of uh, friends of mine who are policemen, they said that for the longest time, the only phone calls they were getting, unfortunately, were uh, domestic abuse situations and suicides. And I think, you know, that was that, that's something that's that we all know has been a big part of uh, of the lockdown, not just here in Italy, across the, the world. Um, and it doesn't, you know, of course, it doesn't have to get to that stage to make it uncomfortable, to make it unpleasant. We all have our own issues. And certainly, you know, I'd love to say that being a relationship expert, we've sailed through the, the lockdown. But no, we, we've had our own difficulties because suddenly your life goes from, you know, from being huge and going out every morning and seeing people and relating to people and having stories to tell each other to suddenly being stuck in four walls, living, working, having a relationship, trying to make time to, to keep a relationship going. 
and really, you know, being bored apart from anything else, being bored and boring each other. So, you know, it's, it's not just the, the big issues that you have to, to deal with, the, the domestic abuse issues, which are horrendous, of course they're horrendous, but there are the smaller issues and how to keep the relationship fresh when you're bored to tears looking at each other. And, uh, and you know, one of the things that we did was, was kind of accept and acknowledge the fact that we were having to live this life and set aside date times within the week. You know, let's you know, let let's make a date time. What you know, what will we do Tuesday night? Let's actually go and create something. Put the candles out, and you know, spend time thinking about what we're we're going to talk about, and and find something that isn't God. Isn't this awful? And I'm worried about mom, uh, my mom. I'm worried about my family. How about the kids? You know, putting all that to the side and and going back into the the good old days where where you did talk about how you were feeling and, and you know what was happening in the outside world. So that was, you know, that was something that we, we had to bring into place because we did get to the point that we wanted to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, um, I have had a lot of experience during the lockdown of people that say it's contributed to, to the end of their marriage. And I have one case in particular where they actually say the pandemic and, and their differing views on the pandemic one person thinks that it's not as serious as as everybody says it is and they very have a they have a very strong opinion about that and the other one is very scared and very concerned and so this clash of the way they feel about it has actually caused them to get divorced and that's the only reason yeah now, the other people that are getting divorced i think it's you know they're they're, you know, being in that close confines and when things are already not going well, I mean, what do you do? So that's really, because yeah. if you're watching, especially from um, the perspective of you're contemplating divorce and or you're not happy in your marriage, how do you maintain some sense of yourself when you can't get away from- It's really, yeah. It's really tough, and, and it's one of the situations where communication is uh, is even more important than it normally is. You know, we're, we're, we're all about communication. You're a divorced lawyer, but I know that one of the things that you do is you try to, to coach your, your clients into healthy communication, even if it's through the divorce process. Yes. And this is, you know, it, it's a situation where we are really forced to, to be able to sit and listen and respect what the other person's saying. And, you know, we, we both know that, uh, that people, people, when they come to us, they think that communication is about learning how to talk to your partner, how to talk to your boss, how to, whatever the situation is. And actually the biggest part of communication is to listen and not just listen and, and, and respond, but listen and really appreciate and hear what the other person's saying and take what the other person is saying is as their truth. So, you know, if somebody's saying, I am absolutely terrified and you say, well, you know, for me, it's nothing. You know, for me, I don't care. You know, I'm not going to wear a mask and I'm not going right. to stay home. Then, you know, if, if you're actually in front of someone and they're saying, but I am terrified, right. then respect you know, is, is one of the, you know, it's, it's one of the fundamentals in any relationship, doesn't matter what the relationship is, and your lack of respect to, you know, to somebody's feelings and somebody's fear is really going to cause a problem, so you don't, 
if you don't care, great. But if they're telling you that they care, don't try and talk them out of the fear. Don't try and tell them that they shouldn't be. Actually respect that, that fear itself and, and find ways to help them cope with it. Ask them, what would make it easier for you? What can we do to make you feel more comfortable in this situation? Rather than just saying, oh, don't worry about it. And the people that come into my office oftentimes don't care how the other person feels, you know? <laughs> and so I have another case that is, has been so frustrating to me because uh, the parties, they are at such odds with each other that they constantly want to put each other down, constantly. And I tried to tell my client, not successfully, that you know, you don't have to tell him everything he's doing wrong. It, because that doesn't help. How many times, I and mean, Allison, you, how many times does, have you seen that be the turning point when you tell somebody how wrong they are? I mean, just what you said, I mean, even if you don't respect them, even if you don't care how they feel, if you say to somebody, you've done this wrong, you've done this wrong, and you've done this wrong, do you think that makes it better? Does that ever make it better, in your opinion? Absolutely not, because all it does is it puts somebody else on defensive and, and they're, so you're on the offensive, they're on the, the defensive and, and they're talking to you from that point. So everything, you know, there's no open communication there. There's no honest communication there because everybody's defending their own corner at that point. And it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a divorce or if you're trying to change behaviour, you know, because often that's that's how it starts. That's where the, the communication starts to, to really spiral out of control is when we're, we are unhappy people start saying things like you know if only I could make him understand me what am I going to say to make him understand he she it understand me um, and and we're talking from that point there rather than saying okay you know it's not about making them understand why I'm unhappy or what where they're wrong it's about me understanding where I'm wrong and me changing my approach to it you know what can I do am I being triggered by it am I being upset by it or do I just want to score points you know how you know how, how honest am I going to be with myself and if I'm going to score points this why? might not be very enlightened but I told her to go to the bathroom <laughs> you know I should have sent her to a relationship coach but I said to her if you can't stop yourself from from saying reactive things to him and telling him all the things that he's done wrong, go to another room and don't have a conversation at all. You know, if, if you cannot stomach him and think everything that comes out of his mouth is vile, then just get out of the room. Because, I mean, my mother used to say this thing, if you can't say something nice, how many heard that? Then don't say anything at all. Say, said, say nothing at all. Leave the room. Yeah. No, how can people, because um, I don't really think at the, at, during their divorce that people are really feeling very much like learning about themselves. I think they just want to lash out. Yeah. So what if somebody wants to do that? Yeah. I'm going to see. <laughs> what do you think about that, Allison? When they want, you know, lashing out is, uh, is part and parcel. You know, there, there's a whole cycle of, um, of ending a relationship, whether it's a divorce, whether it, you know, there, there is a cycle, but that's what you've got girlfriends for. That's what you go to the pub and you drink a pint for, to lash out there. You know, that's, that's where you take it. You take it and you offload it on your friends. You get it off your chest so that when you're 
confronting the situation, you're confronting it without that pent up frustration and anger because you're not gonna come out. It's gonna cost you more money because you spend more time in your office apart from anything else. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just, it's not helpful for, you know, for anything. No, and all, but so since, but that's the whole thing about the pandemic, people can't get away from each other. And so because they can't get away from each other, it compounds the problems that are already there. They can't leave, or maybe one person has to stay there all the time because their kids are in virtual school. And so they don't have that opportunity to get away from that environment. I mean, I think maybe writing, journaling would be helpful or going outside, somehow getting away from the situation because, you know, it's not the same as it used to be. You can't go out with your friends generally because even if you like, we're not in like super heavy lockdown, but the people, I have a lot of friends who can't, you know, because of virtual school or whatever, they can't get away anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, yeah, journaling, yes, you know, we have, we're so lucky nowadays, we've got, we've got this, we've got Zoom, we've got WhatsApp Messenger, we've got everything at our fingertips to keep in touch with other people. But if you find yourself really in that place where you can, you, you can't escape even for five, oops, even for five minutes, um, just to get out of the house and bring yourself back. Hide in the toilet, you're absolutely right. I can't tell you in the last year how long I have spent in the loo. Just, you know, just bringing myself back to, to me um, and, and having that conversation, you know, because we are, we need to get it out. There's no point, no one's ever saying, keep it in. Don't, you know, don't voice your, your heart, don't voice your anger. But don't voice it at the person that you're, you're divorcing that's going to cost you you know, your mental, your, your sanity and, you know, and whatever, go and, and offload it, think about it, scream, shout, punch a, a cushion, you know, what's her name, Louise Hayes always used to say, if you, you know, if you're full of resentment, if you're full of anger, go and get a cushion and punch the life out of it, oh. because we need to, yeah, it's, and why not, but yeah, get away, give yourself that time, um, and also, you know, create the, the boundaries within the house. You, you've got school, you're, you're both working, or maybe one of you's working. You, you have certain things that you have to do within the, the confines of your, uh, your four walls. But within that, you can also carve out time for yourself. You know, you say, okay, Monday evening, I'm not cooking dinner. Monday evening, I'm not eating with the family. Um, I'm not making lunch. I'm, you know, it's something that right. is just to take you out of the situation yeah, that so that you're not living in each other's pocket constantly. I and I say that, you know, we, we had to do that um, yeah. ourselves. I think something about when you were saying that, it made me think about um, the idea of getting it out, like if sending an email and then not sending it, not actually pushing send or not or doing a draft or sending to one of your friends or even sending to your, I mean, there's there's so many times, like right during the, the first of the pandemic, I was representing a woman who uh, had found out that her husband was having an affair, which we're gonna have another um, podcast on that soon. And so she found out he was having an affair and, and, and there were, you know, she was in lockdown. This was right when we did go into serious lockdown. She was in lockdown. So much depended on how we 
communicated with this narcissistic, unfaithful, I could say some choice things, but I won't. <laughs> um, and, and so we evaluated, and, and of course it costs money, but we evaluated every email we spent because if you're in a high conflict situation or you're in a, a situation with a narcissist or someone that's emotionally abusive, the last thing you want to do is stir the pot. Yeah. So you need to think about, there's a book, I forgot what it's called. Uh, well, let's say it's called Manipulating the Manipulator. And I like that. Yeah, no, it's very sneaky. But the, but the thing is, is that you cannot confront somebody like that head on. Even if you're, even if you're just saying the truth, and you're not blaming, but if you can't even tell them because they're going to attack you no matter what. Even if you, if you say, I know you're cheating and blah, 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 they're going to lie. They're going to say whatever. So you just have to kind of pussyfoot. I mean, you know, I don't know how to say it, except it takes a different dynamic. I mean, I know you have a lot of experience with working with narcissism as well. And what would you say about that, Allison? Yeah, you're because now, of course there are two different situations you know there are the the normal everyday relationships that just are going through a hard time and then there's the narcissistic one and with the narcissistic one you're never going to win you're never going to you're never going to get that satisfaction uh that you you really that you really feel that you need so you have to do that for yourself you know you have to be able to to let go of that and do the you know do the relationship building within yourself and give yourself the satisfaction and that satisfaction can be not reacting you know setting yourself those little goals okay I'm not going to rise to the bait I'm not going to justify myself I'm not going to send that nasty email you know I I'm going to rise above it for me the 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 biggest thing if you're you're dealing with a narcissist is is working on not reacting is working on keeping your you know and it's not just keeping your boundaries but it's keeping it separate and yeah what you what you said is a fantastic an absolutely fantastic idea whether it's through a lawyer or whether it's through a third party a friend that you can trust not to be emotionally involved so that all correspondence is fed through them and they can take out the you know the the unnecessary parts of, of any email or, or whatever that's that's a really super way of doing it and I know that uh, certainly a divorce lawyer that I I'm not divorce lawyer divorce coach that I know recommends that any correspondence with a narcissist does goes exactly that route and she offers that service yeah, um, that's, yeah and, it, and really you want to be you want to be as neutral as you can when you're talking to them because they can either try to make they'll try to make you feel guilty they'll try to make you feel i mean they may appeal to how much they may say how much they love you or and then they may turn right on you and attack you so if you just stay neutral then you are less likely to be sucked into any of that yeah yeah and also to you know to say because you know one side of it you're absolutely right is that it's being attacked but the other side is a narcissist by by nature doesn't like to lose so they will do anything and a lot of the times that is trying to convince you that uh, that they love you that they they need you that uh, that it's your fault that their heart's broken and you know it's very very important at that point to to be able to play the tape in your mind you know to have that tape firmly in your mind so that you're not sucked back into it because you know 
who doesn't like to, to hear that, uh, that you're important, who doesn't like to hear that somebody misses you and loves you. We all do, no matter what situation. Right, right, so right. actually having that, that, that videotape in your, your mind, if you like, so that when it occurs, you switch it on and you can move through it immediately. Yeah, and the last thing that I want to talk about as it regards to the pandemic and conflict is that uh, even if you want to do this fighting and you can't stop it, think about your kids because they're in the house more as well. And I'm sure that Allison agrees with this because it's absolutely true, but your children are impacted and affected by that fighting and that tension, even if even if you're not fighting, they can yeah. feel it and yeah. you're affecting them. So even if you can't do any of these strategies for yourself, think about what you're doing to your kids. Yeah. What do you think about that, Allison? Yeah, absolutely right. Kids um, don't need words. You know, there, there is nothing worse than, than lying to your children saying, no, no, mom and dad aren't fighting. Mm. The kids know. And it confuses the, the their brains. I know they are. I can feel it. I can feel it in the air. They're much more intuitive than us. They they feel the energy around them much more than we yeah. do. We you know we shut it down as we get older, and then we have to learn to open it up again. They feel it, and if we say no, no, there isn't a problem, uh, they start to question themselves. They start to question the reality of the world around about them. So honesty is the best policy. Yes, mum and dad are. Having, uh, having a hard time. Yes, mom and dad are having discussions. No, it's got nothing to do with you. And yes, it's absolutely normal. That's that's what adults do. And that's what we're all doing in this, you know, this situation. We're all trying to make the best out of it. So don't be tempted to hide the fact that there is a, a conflict going on. But yeah, as you say, be very, very aware of uh, of the, the conflict that you're playing in your mind because because you take that out into you know into the room with you that the kids do feel it they do know what's going on and it is very very confusing for them and don't create a battlefield in your home where you try to get the kids aligned with your side and you know and i don't i, I can't even remember who it was i think it was the brady bunch and you don't may not know who the Brady, but anyway, so they had it was a sitcom from the 70s, and I, I think I remember, I think it was them, doesn't matter. They they divided the house, okay? So this side was this person's, and this side was this person's, and then you know, one person had the bathroom, one person had the kitchen, and so of course, how are you gonna get around that? And and so when we set up these artificial boundaries, these kids are with our moms, right. These kids are dad. I mean, that's not good for your children to pit them against the parents. And I mean, it's very, it's super unhealthy. Okay. And I'm not a therapist, but I know that, you know, and so um, how, how can you avoid that, Allison? Do you have any ideas on that? I think, you know, it's the best thing we can do in any situation, but especially in this situation, this pandemic situation, where we're talking about not necessarily divorce cases, but we're talking about just generally managing yeah. our relationships. And I think honesty is the best policy. You know, even, you know, age-related honesty, what you say to a 16-year-old is, of course, is going to be very different to what you would say to a, a five or six-year-old. But, you know, it's it's difficult to live in somebody else's pocket. It's difficult not to want, you know, our, um, our 
natural instinct is to try to get everyone on our side to be right. That's, you know, of course we want to be right. Um, but I, th I think to, to explain the, the situation, this is where we are. Mum and dad are struggling just as we are struggling with you. You know, we're probably fighting more often than we, we would do under normal circumstances. That's just what happens. Um, and, and be aware, you know, be, question yourself because that's, you know, that's part of it is keep going back and questioning yourself. Am I, you know, what is my motivation here? And it's, you know, it's very difficult. Sometimes you catch yourself and you say, oh my God, yeah, I am trying to create a fight here. Or, oh my God, yes, I am trying to get the kids to say that dad's wrong. And I've caught myself doing it um, in the last year, you know, trying to get everybody to say Marco's wrong. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I see it happen all the time. And from the, from the actual legal perspective, you know, the court encourages people not to talk about the divorce not to talk about and to insulate the children from the conflict and it is difficult because especially more now more than ever it's difficult to insulate children from what's going on in the house because they're they're there all the time and yeah. so i just would caution whoever might be doing that to that you don't really want to turn the kids away you know against that other parent i mean mm -hmm. assuming that they're they're good parents, you know, I'm not talking about somebody that's abusive or somebody that's, that's hurting the, you know, actually hurting the children in some way. But, but if this is just somebody who's disagreeing with your, the way you want to govern during the pandemic or how you feel about spending money on things or whatever, but you know that they're good parents, you want the kids to have a good relationship with both parents because that's what's best for them. And when you try to get them to side with you or to, you know, to alienate the other parent, then you're really hurting your kids. Yeah. You know? And it will, it will come back and bite you on the bum. Yeah. It will come back, you know, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but as they grow up, they will have that sense that they had to take sides. They had to take sides and, uh, and they'll rebel against it. That's what we do. We don't like to feel that we're being forced into a corner or that we're being forced to, to do something that's unnatural for us because it is unnatural as a child to choose one parent over the other. You know, there are times in the cycle where we, we need our, our mother more than we need our father and vice versa. As we get older, we, we maybe need our, especially if you're talking about boys, uh, but generally we need to have a good relationship with both parents if possible and to feel that we're being forced not to do that or forced away from one parent, eventually it will come back and it will cause uh, problems in the, the parent-child relationship. So, you know, quick term solution just to, you know, or a solution just to make you feel better in the moment is not gonna work in the long term. So yeah, let's let's think about the the kids and let's think about our relationships with them. We want to, we want to have the best relationship with them. And the way we do that is by, by showing them how to have a, a good relationship with somebody else, even, and then more especially, even when we're in conflict with them. It's easy to have a great relationship when you're in love. It's more difficult to do it when we're in conflict. Right. So the pandemic has certainly put a lot of new challenges on all of us. And we hope that this helped you guys a little bit and hope that you have a great day and tune in for our next podcast on adultery.
just in time for Valentine's Day. <laughs> See you soon. Thank you, everybody. Bye.